Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Tacos and Tequila. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And I don't know if we have a doozy today or not. Uh, I was just thinking about that. It made me really nervous. Would you say it's a doozy, Sid? I think it's a doozy. All right. Well, we did something a little different, and Sydney is actually going to present all of us this case. So uh, my live reactions are what you will be hearing because I have not looked into this at all. And I just I'm really excited. Sydney, yeah, I just told Sydney before I we hit record that uh, I was like super tempted to just Google what it was before she got on the call, and I refrained. So I also have no idea. Yes. I'm excited. <laughs> well, I think that's it before we just dive right on into it, right? Yeah, I don't think there's anything to really lead up to it because, yeah. <laughs> Be it. I will let you just kind of dive right on in then. Built in 1856 as a single family home. 14 West 10th Street in Greenwich Village, New York City, later was split into a 10-unit apartment building. The brownstone building looks serene from the outside, but on the inside, it holds a dark past. The building has been given the nickname House of Death and is said to be haunted by nearly 22 ghosts. Oh my God! (laughs) Right? That's a lot. (laughs) Making it one of, if not the most haunted location in New York City. But how the hell did 22 ghosts end up in one location? Yeah. Well, (laughs) the legend says that the building witnessed 22 deaths, but it also seems that past residents may return and just never leave. No. (laughs) Oh. They must like this house. Uh, apparently. Or apartment to just keep coming back. Right? <laughs> the per- the first incident or tragedy surrounding the building is from 1897. A professional cyclist at the time, Fred H. Andrew, had accidentally ran into a boy and broke his leg after the incident. Andrew was arrested, and any future residents seemed to fall in his shadow of bad luck. So this is, like, the first person that lived there, and then everything that happened after that was not good. Okay. Starting off off strong. (laughs) Three years later, from 1900 to 1901, Samuel Clemens, a.k.a. Mark Twain, moved in. Stop. Mark Twain lived here? Yes. This is all oh my god. god. This is literally how I found this. I was like this I was looking up like celebrities that lived or like famous people that lived in like haunted buildings. And this is literally how this came to be. Oh my god. This is cool. Okay. Twain was a skeptic whom had expressed his disbelief in ghosts um on multiple occasions. He had actually like written a story about ghosts and basically how they weren't real at all but it's reported that he had a series of strange events happen to him during his time there 
one story saying that he had once saw a large piece of wood floating. And once the wood eventually fell to the floor, he claimed to have seen drops of blood scatter around from the wood. But even after this event happened, he refused to believe that anything was true and actually countered it by saying that it was rats and there was rats in the building and they had to have been responsible for it. Okay. (laughs) Right? Like, that would have been the end of me right there. Same. I don't know if that, like, I don't know if I could justify that action as rats, but okay. Just very in denial of the supernatural. (laughs) But even though years had passed and Twain had passed away in Connecticut, he is still said to be roaming the property, particularly in the stairs, which are believed to be the most haunted area of the home. So he only lived there for a year. He died in Connecticut, a completely different state. But there are reports, which we'll talk about, um, of him being seen in this house and making it very obvious that it is Samuel Clemens or Mark Twain, which is wild. I'm, I need to go visit this house. <laughs> right? I wish when we went to New York like a few years ago that we would have known that this was in existence. Even to just go outside of it. Like, it seems so cool. Yes. <laughs> One of the most notable Twain encounters took place in 1937. The once single-family home had now been restructured restructured into apartments, and in one of those apartments lived a mother and her daughter. They had reported seeing the ghost of Mark Twain in a window seat, and when they got closer to him, he said, My name is Clemens, and I have a problem here that I need to settle. Just as quick as he had appeared, he had vanished into thin air. So Weird. Not- not really sure what the problem is that he needed to settle, but in, like, rats. the 1900s, there might have been the rats. In the 1900s was when he started to have a lot of financial problems, and he actually had to move out of the home due to bankruptcy. So it might be believed that that was, like, his downfall. Oh, so he shit. just really somehow got attached to the place. That's wild. Okay. Interesting. In 1957, Jan Bryant Bartell and her husband had moved into the apartment on the very top floor of the building. She was an author, a poet, an actress, and had come to be a psychic after living in the home. Right away, Jan claimed there was a, mon- a quote, monstrous moving shadow that would follow her around the home. She had also reported seeing a figure of a man in the hall. One day she'd gone to reach out and touch whatever this figure had been in the hallway that she'd been seeing. And it said that her fingers were freezing at the tips and were tingling after she touched it, despite being numb. Okay, strange. I'm still kind of hung up on the fact that you said she became a psychic after living in the house, but... (laughs) Yes, so we'll talk about that in a second, but basically all these events that led up to her made her reach into her inner self to find, discover her psychic abilities. Okay, interesting. There would be strange odors in the home. And her and her husband would find food on the table, rotting, as if it had been sitting there for weeks. But the items would be things that they hadn't even bought. For example, there would be a grape that would show up on the center of a clean plate. 
but the couple hadn't had grapes in the home for months. So they were unsure how these items were getting there. Okay, weird. (laughs) The couple's pets were also said to bark and growl at nothing most of their time in the home. So finally, after all of these occurrences, Jan had called a paranormal expert to help her investigate what was causing all of this. The paranormal expert tells her not only is the ghost of Mark Twain there, but also a ghost of a woman in a white dress, a young girl, and a gray cat. Can't forget the cat. And he had believed that there was up to 22 spirits that were in the home. And what year was this? Um, 1957. Oh, wow. So, I mean, right away, there are 22 spirits. One of them is a cat, though. Yes, it's those are the only ones so like that they were able to identify or that are identifiable in things is Mark Twain, a woman in a white dress, a young girl, and then a gray cat. But there's other spirits that are there. They just don't know. I wonder if the gray cat is like jumping on counters or tables and like knocking glasses over. That could be. (laughs) That would definitely make sense as to the pets being upset. Uh, yes. The dogs would definitely be upset. <laughs> like, not happy with that at all. Okay, interesting. Jan had documented the experiences in that she had in her home in a book that she had written called Spindrift, Spray from a Psychic Sea. And shortly after finishing the book and getting it published... Jan had died under what was said to be mysterious and cir- mysterious circumstances and really only validated the bad look that was surrounding 14 West 10th Street. So basically these ghosts were like, nah fam, you can't tell everyone we're here. And she was like, ooh, too late, just published. And they said, mm, well, now you gotta go. Basically. I mean, and it, maybe it's not even necessarily the ghost but just like the bad look surrounding it it seems like everyone who lived here after all the people that lived there that were reported afterwards had some sort of bad luck that happened to them so she gets this big break she it's a huge book like it's considered a huge book of its time it would have been huge and then she dies like two weeks after it gets published Okay, so I take it back. I don't want to go here now. <laughs> if everyone has bad luck. Just, yeah, Maybe it's luck. just like those living there, but still. I don't want to risk it. <laughs> it could be. It could be. <laughs> um, but even after all of this tragedy, tragedy struck again in 1987 when Hedda Nussbaum had called 911 saying that her six-year-old daughter, Lisa, was not breathing. At the same location, upon arrival, Lisa was found naked and unresponsive, and her brother, Mitchell, had been tied up to a playpen. Hedda, the 911 caller, was covered with bruises and even had several broken bones. Lisa's father, Joel Steinberg, was behind it. Joel had once been a criminal defense attorney, that had now been charged with first-degree murder and domestic charges, and he was accused of abusing his family on his crack cocaine binges. The oh, wow, okay. <laughs> abuse that Linda or that Lisa had endured eventually 
led to her death. So that was like the final report of a crazy event that had taken place and Elisa had passed in the home. Um, I think that was one of the few people that they were able to confirm actually passed in the home. Mark Twain didn't pass away there. Jan didn't pass away in the home. Um, the cyclist had gone to jail. So out of all these big events that have happened, the only person that actually passed away that were able to confirm was in 1987, which is extremely weird. It's like it's some type of portal that all of these people are coming back to. Yeah. Or they're drawn to this place in some reasoning. Uh, uh, yeah, weird. <laughs> now the hauntings of the House of Death are said to even have spread to some of the neighboring houses uh, with reports of flickering lights and figures wandering and a lot of unanswered things on the house to the left and the house to the right on both sides. But today, 14 West 10th Street is a private residence, and it appears to still be split into apartments or condos because I actually looked on Zillow because I wanted to see what the inside is because all the pictures that you can see um, is just like the, the brown stone building on the outside. Okay. And I was able to look inside apartment 4W, and it's really nothing special. It just looks like your average apartment. Interesting. Feel like this is kind of wild. It's. I think it's more... It was very intriguing to me to find out all of these people are going back to it or, like, that they only have one confirmed death happening, but there's supposedly 22 spirits. And there's a bunch of weird shit happening, whether it's 22 or it's four. Um... I mean, like, there's got to be something about this house um, that makes people, like, want to come back. True. People love New York. I mean, it looks, like, very unremarkable to me. Yeah, I don't think, I don't feel like it's anything, (laughs) like, spectacular. I mean, it's New York, but really the only thing Does their Zillow page say it's known as Death House? No. <laughs> Whack. And it's only like one apartment, so it doesn't really help you too much. But it said like on every single post that the staircase is definitely the most like where everyone sees things is near this staircase. So if that was some sort of like it has a plaque on the outside. Did you know that? Yes. Yes, it does have a plaque on the outside. Oh, all it says is in this house once lived Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. Author of the beloved American classic, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Named Mark Twain. And I feel like Mark Twain has a lot of houses. Hmm. Interesting. So what are you going to do with all that information? Uh... I still want to visit. I don't want to go inside, but I definitely want to go outside. I think it would be really cool just to see it. I think it would be something that if you stayed overnight, I would have really bad anxiety the whole time. Even if nothing happened. And I would avoid the staircase at all costs. It's really interesting. I'm kind of confused why there are so many ghosts. Um... 
if people well like obviously Mark Twain lived there at one point so he came back but like I mean are all these ghosts like people that once lived there I don't know that was the part that I didn't really it's like poltergeist where like it used to be Native American land or something (laughs) <laughs> and that could be because there is like a number of other residents. Like there's a residence that had a resident that had something to do with like the underground tra- or the underground railroad. But like there, there was no story with him. It was just he was famous because of X Y Z. Um, so there's a bunch of other people that had lived there between its building in the late 1800s to present day. So I mean, there could be other people that had passed or had something happen to them that weren't reported on, I guess. But it seems like they'd been kind of following up on the House of Death since its first bad luck experience had happened. So, yeah, they wanted to know what else was going to happen here. Yeah, I'm trying to skim this article. Oh, yeah, but like one of the... Our, uh, one of these residents in the apartment complex said that he's lived there for more than 20 years. And there's little clips and visions of women in long gowns going from room to room, light flickering. It, hmm. He said that, not- like, <laughs> he's had, like, he's brought girls home with him that see stuff and freak out. <laughs> I would not stay anywhere for 20 years if I was seeing things. Yeah, so, I mean, there really must be something about it if after 20 years someone is still staying there because I'd be noping the fuck out of there. Just comfortable. Yeah, I mean, some sense of, like, home and being comfortable, being drawn to a place. Could be the spirits drawing them in. Maybe I'm just being really extra. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, thank you for sharing the story with us today. Uh, s- spooky little bit. I had never heard of the House of Death, and it does look just like a normal New York brownstone on the outside. Yeah, there's definitely nothing special about it. I just want to stress that to everyone. Yeah, like... No, I'm probably going to get haunted, <laughs> but... Sydney sent me one of the Zillow pages for one of the apartments, and that's when I said it looks very unremarkable. Like, it just looks like a normal apartment. It's not even like super modern, super up to date. It's just like, I mean, it's an apartment. (laughs) You could tell it's like an older building, but like, yeah, it doesn't look super old, like inside. Yeah, exactly. Super new either. It's fucking New York, so it's like $5,000 a month for your goddamn mortgage, but. And in Greenwich Village, which is like, I'm pretty sure a nice. Nicer, yeah. Yeah. Although, fun fact, Greenwich Village is where Sid Vicious stabbed and killed Nancy. Wow. <laughs> Supposedly. Wow. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I mean, Sorry. there's rats all over New York. If Mark Twain said there was rats in his apartment, I don't know if I want to live there. I mean, that would be another reason I would get the fuck out. <laughs> if you see something, if you see blood splatter in your home and you are able to say, no, it wasn't 
supernatural. It was just the rats. I think you got a lot of problems under your belt. Exactly. That right there, the rats alone, I'd get the fuck out. And yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. I'd get the fuck out. (laughs) No reason to stay at that point. Well, that was a very interesting story, Sid. I don't know if we have very many pictures, though, because even Googling it since you um, told me, I mean, it's just a lot of them are just outside of the brownstone. Yeah, there's really not. You guys will get a picture of the the Mark Twain plaque and um, the outside. Maybe maybe we'll throw Zillow pic in there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's nothing really. Because I wanted to see, like, the layout more. So... It had been the single-family home and then got split into X amount of apartments. And I wanted to see, like, how they were split. Like, is the top floor all one apartment? Because, like, Jan had the top apartment. Like, how does that, or is it split into two? Or, I don't know. I wanted to know more interior. And I feel like it doesn't even explain very well. No. You, no, not at all. Like what the you said it's like. ten apartments. Maybe the top floor is, like, one. And then the rest are kind of split. I don't know. Yeah, it was split into 10 unit apartments. A 10 unit apartment building. So weird. And also, I want to know, like, the staircase. So is the staircase just, like, in the middle? Like, is that still where everyone has access to that? Like, or just a regular apartment staircase? Or is that, are these, like, I don't know, maybe the the first floor one of the first floor apartments also goes up to the second floor or you know like they're split okay i guess i want to know i want to know more <laughs> like there's yeah and i don't think it's very clear key pieces <laughs> that were left out for me <laughs> well thank you for telling us that fun story of course thanks for letting me uh tell you the fun story i I had texted peyton earlier in the week and i was like hey i think this might be fun to uh do something different with just to get a couple reactions and she was down for it clearly yeah i think we should try it on the next episode too i'm Uh, down for our i have a good one hopefully i can find good information uh (laughs) but so far so good For the one year. Yes. I think. I don't know how to do math. I think it's technically, because there's 52 weeks in a year, I think it's technically the last one before the one year. But who knows? We're going to say it's our one year episode. (laughs) Well, I guess, well, how does, yes. Well, I mean, technically it's not a year, though, because our first episode didn't come out until, like, April. It came out April 6th. So I guess it's, it depends on how exact you want to be with it. So the 53rd episode would be like our year. So that would be back on you. <laughs> oh, God, I can't live up to that. <laughs> I can't live up so to that. So much pressure. <laughs> Sweating in my closet. Well, you got some jokes and facts for us today? I do. Another thing I Yay! can't wait to get Peyton's reaction of. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Uh, What do you want first? Let's go fact first. 
Jalapenos were the first peppers that traveled into space on a NASA space shuttle. <laughs> That's kind of surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I couldn't really get a whole lot more information on that. There was like an article like about how the jalapenos came to be, but then more or less it was just like fun child fact. Jalapenos were the first peppers to travel into space. So I can't well, give you any we'll more ta- details. We'll on take that. it at face value, but uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm very surprised it wasn't like a bell pepper. Yeah, that's true. I bet you that could be something that people would argue. Yeah, a hundred percent. I feel like that's probably an argument somewhere on like, Reddit. Reddit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe I should start that argument later today. <laughs> I'll make a Reddit page just so like so you can tag me. Just to mess with people. It could be yeah. fun. <laughs> okay, hit me with the joke. Why did the jalapeno put on a sweater? Why? Because he was a little chilly. <laughs> I knew where this was going to, and I still said why. Damn it, I wanted to guess. <laughs> Man, you gotta just start guessing. That was a good one. I'm surprised you liked that one. I thought for sure that was going to be one that you were going to be like, what? It was corny, but I like it. (laughs) I'm here for it. Corny like a corn tortilla. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Mexican food, (laughs) last night, uh, I don't even think... Uh, Sarah listens but shouts out to our friend Sarah I met her for dinner last night and she took me to this like hole in the wall place by her house I had a Berea burrito and so I've been seeing obviously like Berea tacos and stuff like that are like a huge trend on Instagram and I've been like man I just really want a good one I am obsessed I want to make it at home it was so good I don't think it, I've ever had an abria anything. Have you? Do you know what I'm talking about? What they look like? I can picture what they With look that like. Sauce because, that you uh-huh. dip it in. Because I just saw something actually, either this morning or yesterday, of like some place that had abria tacos like on special for the weekend, and I was like, oh. Yeah, so kept, it was. It was very good. I mean, definitely oniony. Okay. I'm not like a big onion fan, but I was like, honestly, it wasn't that bad. The they had like a burrito, so it had like guacamole in it too and stuff. It was really oh. good. Yeah. And the hole in the wall places are the best. The like, best. The best. Like if you have to get like I don't know. There's this place in um Racine, but that you literally have to like walk through like a convenience store. And I yes, feel like there's you a wouldn't place by us. know that it was there unless you know, because you have to walk to a convenience store and it's in the back. I don't even know if there's a sign outside for it. If it is, it's just in like plain text. But it's, but it's so it good, right? the best. Yes, the best. Yeah, there is a place. Uh, well, I guess not by me anymore, but uh, by like where my grandparents used to live, kind of not far from where my dad used to live. Mm-hmm. Um there's a place exactly like that and it's literally like the best mexican food in the area (laughs) maybe we should start adding in um like mexican restaurants to our facts yeah 
Well, I think I'm going to try and start cooking. I bought Danny Trejo's taco cookbook. Yes, you did. So I think I'm going to try and start cooking recipes out of there and see, even if it's like the sauces and That'd stuff cool. like that. I might make my own burrito tacos next week. So we'll see. <laughs> they Dad. were so good. I just, I really want them again. My mouth is watering now because I'm just hungry, but it just sounds good. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm going to have to get one. If I make somewhere. some, I should have taken a picture last time, but I didn't. It was so messy, and I was just like, I'm diving into this. <laughs> I love getting pictures of other people's food. It's so weird, <laughs> but it's, it's I just love it. It's very... Well, if I make my own, I will send you pictures. It's exactly what I need in my life. Okay, bet. <laughs> Well, folks, you can find us on Facebook, tacos, and tequilia.com. Oh, wait. I don't know what I'm saying. Tacos and tequilia podcast on Facebook. On Instagram, it's just tacos and tequilia. Our website is tacos and tequilia podcast.com. That's the right one. We have links to all our episodes as well as our sources on there. And there is a little contact sheet so you can fill out and send us an email with any suggestions you might have. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure that you leave a rating and a review. It helps us get noticed. And it's really cool to see what you guys think of things. Facts. <laughs> also, if you're interested on joining us on the podcast and have a cool story, I really want to get some guests on to kind of mix things up. So you should reach out to us because we definitely talked about this. <laughs> yeah, uh, we are totally interested in do- adding some more guests and doing something like that. Um, if you have any weird paranormal, any like you visited a famous place and, like, had something creepy happen to you. Yeah. I don't know. What else? If um, you met a serial killer. Yeah, or have a connection or, to someone. Yeah. Um, even if you heard a story, like, through a friend and it's a legitimate one. I don't know. I, w- I think it'd be cool to get some other people's perspectives on here, here or there. Yeah. It would be a lot of fun, actually. Maybe you had an encounter with Bigfoot that you want to share. I would love to hear. I'm, I'm sure Peyton would, grandpa. Peyton would, dude, you <laughs> definitely put Pop on. He might, he might be willing. Well, stay tuned. Maybe my grandpa will tell, come on and tell all his up north crazy stories about how he heard animal human like sounds and. I would love that. They I saw the aliens the one time. <laughs> would love that. I would be on my best behavior. I know, no cussing from us, which is very hard. No, I would not. I would be on my best behavior. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, shoot us a message or email if you're interested in joining us. We definitely want to mix things up a bit, and it would be a lot of fun. Do it. Am I, am I missing anything else? No, I think we covered all our bases. Sweet. Well, then I guess we will talk to you guys next week for what is now not our <laughs> one year anniversary. It's still it's still the one year. I think it it's is. I mean, kind of. Yeah, do- we're just going to do it. <laughs> we're celebrating it next week. Sorry, guys. Yeah, this was already planned. We're we don't know how to count. We're too deep in now. <laughs>
So stay tuned for next week where I get to tell everyone a story. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Ha 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 ha!